Welcome to Hypnotic History, the podcast about 20th century life in the United States. I'm Ashley. I'm Wendy. And I'm Logan. And today we're talking about amusement parks. So did you guys go to amusement parks as children? Yes, I love amusement parks. Uh, went to Kings Island a bunch as part of uh, Scout Summer Camp. Where did you go, Wendy? So I went to Kings Island. I went to Camden Park. Um, those were usually the, the two go-tos. But I also, and I think this counts, went to every county fair. And, you know, they have the good mm-hmm. rides, too. Yes, the they have, dangerous rides. <laughs> <laughs> they have the sketchy rides. And, you know, I almost died on the scrambler it's, once at one of those county fairs. So that's a pretty good story. It's just a step above Camden Park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to hear the scrambler story. Okay. So when I was a kid, um, I was at the, I don't know if I should say which fair, but I was at a county fair. And I got on the scrambler with my brother and a friend. And the guy, he was kind of sketchy looking. I knew that even as a kid. I get on the ride, and they didn't fasten the bar very well. And so the bar came up mid-ride. I fell down into the floor from the seat. Oh. And, you know, the scrambler kind of takes you, it leads up to its name. It takes you all over the place, kind of back and forth. And so I'm down in the floor getting scrambled back and forth. My mom's yelling at the guy to stop the ride, and he's like, not paying attention to her. And he's like, I can't, I can't. And she's like, stop the ride. And finally he pushes a button. The ride stops and I get off and I'm, I'm okay. I was safe, but it was scary. Yeah. It was, it was sketchy there for a while. I had a similar experience at Camden Park, which Ooh. those who are familiar with Camden Park should not be surprised at all. No. <laughs> it's the only type of experience to have. Yeah. Um, so, and unlike you, I don't care to name check. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So Camden Park, for those who don't know, is actually a really cute little amusement park uh, in West Virginia, but it has seen better days. I was going to say, have you been to it lately? I, I still think it's charming, but okay. it is run down. It is a little bit run down, but I still think it's charming. Yeah. Um, it was parodied in one of the Fallout games, right? Uh, Fallout 76, I think. Oh, it, uh-huh. it was in West Virginia, and, and Camden Park was one of the locations. Yeah, Interesting. yeah. Interesting. So anyway, my uh, accident story was I got on the bumper cars, and I can't remember if it was with my dad or with my mom. Like, we were in the same car. And I guess I was too little to really be on the bumper cars, but for whatever reason, they let me on, maybe because I was riding with a parent. But I slipped below the bar and into the floor kind of like you Wendy yeah um and I had won a stuffed pig I guess at one of the games (laughs) and my parents said that when they got me out of the bumper car both me and the pig had like the same black marks on our faces (laughs) where we both (laughs) fell down together but I wasn't uh I don't know I guess I either wasn't harmed seriously or as a kid, I just uh, shrugged it off and didn't care because they said when they got me out of the car, the first thing I said was, where's my pig? <laughs> <laughs> Got to focus on what's important. Yeah, priorities. <laughs> exactly. But I will say as an adult, um, I now have two children and they are scared to death of amusement parks. Mm. And here I envisioned, you know, having these children who would ride all the rides with me and we would have so much fun. 
but they get sick at the sight of anything that moves. Mm. So it's kind of disappointing. I'm kind of the same way now. And I've probably always been that way, but I just pushed myself because I didn't care. Mm -hmm. But now I can't ride rides. I love amusement parks. I love the atmosphere and the food and the games, but I just can't stomach the rides anymore. I get that. Yeah. I will still get on anything and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good for you. I'm really, I'm really jealous. Thank you. So (laughs) the other amusement park story I have is going to Kings Island, but this was as an adult, um, Kings Island in Ohio, Logan and I went for their Halloween fest one weekend several years ago. Well, unbeknownst to us, he had some sort of illness I don't know if it was the flu, like a stomach flu, or I don't know what it was, but he became very ill while we were there. And I thought it was from going on the rides because we had gone on this ride that like flips you upside down and spins you. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought he got sick from the ride. And I was like, well, you know, let's just sit down and have something to drink and then we'll go back to the other rides. No, he was legitimately sick with a stomach bug and I made him stay at the park. Yeah, that's not a good combination. No, <laughs> she's always looking out for me. <laughs> but Kings Island's uh, October, I don't know, they call it Spook Fest or Spooktacular or something. Uh, it's actually really good. I, I really want to, tr- yeah, I want to go to that. I've never been. Mm. So let's talk about where amusement parks came from. The earliest forerunner of modern American amusement parks are pleasure gardens, which were public park-like spaces in 16th century Europe. And at these places, they had sporting activities. You could get food. And like modern amusement parks, pleasure gardens were a place where classes intermingled. Hmm. which was very unusual for the time. Some of them also had rides. In 17th century Russia, they had ice slides, and they also had coaster-like rides that became known as Russian mountains Hmm. that existed throughout Europe by the early 1800s. Also, a small Bulgarian town had an early type of Ferris wheel in the 1600s, And would you, I mean, I don't know if I'd get on one of those. (laughs) Depends on how big it is. The 1600s. Couldn't have gone that fast. Yeah. And the earliest carousel type of ride can be found as far back as 500. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I can imagine that. In England, taverns and inns evolved into pleasure gardens in the late 18th century and hosted theater, concerts, and fireworks, among other activities. You could also shop and dine there. In Denmark, there is a park that I'm going to butcher the name of, as I usually do foreign words. I'm going to say it's called Bakken. It opened in 1583, and it is still in operation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Denmark is also home to Tivoli Gardens, which was founded in 1843 and inspired many aspects of Disneyland. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So who knew Denmark? Amusement capital of the world, apparently. <laughs> While certainly inspired by Europe's pleasure gardens, the rise of amusement parks in the U.S. were also in part a result of the Industrial Revolution, which created an emerging middle class that had more leisure time, and they also had money that they could spend on leisure activities. 
Another influence was mass transit, especially electric railways, which sought to increase weekend usage by creating attractions along their lines. And it's interesting that we mentioned Camden Park because Camden Park in um, West Virginia, I almost said Kentucky, uh, in West Virginia started as a stop on a trolley line. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So many amusement parks have similar stories. Hmm. There were also two types of areas that amusement parks developed. One of them were resorts. Uh, it's believed that many U.S. amusement parks started as resorts. By the mid-19th century, railroads, canals, and steamboats made resorts more accessible to people. However, resorts were typically for the upper class, and these people went to them for socialization with other uh, hoity-toity people <laughs> <laughs> rather than for pure entertainment. So resorts popped up for the middle class, and these were typically right outside the city so that they became uh, accessible for a day trip. You could get there very easily and back within one day. And resorts for the middle class had entertainment. Um, entertainment was typically beer drinking and gaming. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go. Later on, animal rides and playgrounds were added because I guess kids don't want to drink beer all day. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, hotels were also added later on to entice people to stay longer than just a day trip. Another type of area that changed to an amusement park over time were gardens. Some early examples include Jones Wood along the East River in Manhattan, which opened in the early 1800s and is the first large-scale amusement resort. The most popular activity was beer drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to see a pattern here. Could we not just build bars? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, but this is beer drinking outdoors. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say outdoors because this is the site that spawned the term beer garden. Nice. Oh. Yeah. They also had shooting galleries, wrestling, and then children's rides because you have to have something for the kids, too. <laughs> the world used to be much cooler. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, another example of a park transitioning to an amusement park is Gad Norton's Lake Compass in Bristol, Connecticut, which opened in 1846 and had a bathing beach and a concert venue. It is now America's oldest continuously operated amusement park. We also have James Park's Apple Orchard in Ohio, which he opened to picnickers. He later added a dance hall, a bowling alley, and a shooting gallery. Uh, why do so many of them have shooting galleries? <laughs> why not? Let's drink beer and shoot yeah. things. Yes. <laughs> By the 1880s, it was known as the Coney Island of the West and eventually became known as simply Coney Island. Oh. So if you've ever been up around Cincinnati, that's where that came from. And a final example is Gallup's Grove, a picnic area that opened in 1840. By 1900, it became Riverside Grove and offered boat rides, a swimming pool, and a ballroom. They also have a lot of ballrooms. Hmm. That hmm. seems kind of odd compared yeah. to everything else. By 1928, it had changed its name again to Riverside Park, and it had four roller coasters. It is now Six Flags New England. Oh. oh. Yeah. <coughs> Bless you. 
Perhaps the biggest influence on amusement park attractions, though, were the World's Fairs, where different inventions were exhibited, many of which became amusement park rides and amusement park attractions later on. For example, 1876's Centennial Exposition in Philadelphia had an early monorail. They also had the Sawyer Observatory, which was a steam-powered elevator. That sounds safe. That <laughs> lifted people to the top of a 300-foot tower. Oh, oh boy. wow. This attraction, by the way, moved to Coney Island, New York, and was renamed the Iron Tower. Oh. Iron t- that's, that's the Iron Tower. You know, you got something similar, I think. Isn't there like the uh, express elevator that just shoots you up really fast and then you fall down? Yeah, it drops you. Yeah, and yeah. didn't... Uh, Disney World, I think. Disney World or Disneyland had some sort of an elevator attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another example of World's Fair offering things for later amusement parks is from 1893's World Columbian Exposition in Chicago. It was a pleasure wheel designed by George Washington Gale Ferris Jr. It was 250 feet in diameter with 36 gondolas that each held 60 passengers. And it's important to note that pleasure wheels already existed, but this one must have really made an impression because they became known as Ferris wheels after that, despite the fact that the only wheel Ferris ever designed was that one wheel. Wow. wow. Imagine creating one of something and every... From then on, they're always labeled after you. (laughs) That is the dream, to do one thing and then get to just rest on my laurels oh, yeah. the rest of my life. I wonder if it was on a much <laughs> grander scale compared to the other ones. Well, it says it was 250 feet in diameter. That seems rather big, it's even a, yeah. compared to Ferris wheels today. And the idea that each gondola housed, what, 60 people? Uh, Yeah, that's, yeah. That's pretty wild. Because when we think of a Ferris wheel, I think we usually think of a little bucket that can hold maybe mm-hmm. two or four people, but not like a basically a subway car. yeah. And I just want to know, where was the creativity back in this time? We've got pleasure gardens, pleasure wheels. <laughs> Could we not come up with something better? You know, I think it's just what catches on. That we already knew them as pleasure gardens. <laughs> so the wheel that was there was a pleasure wheel. I guess. I'm not comfortable with any of it. Yeah, oh. me either. <laughs> it feels weird to yeah. say. But thankfully, we're moving on from that terminology Good. at this point, so you won't have to hear it anymore. Thank I you. think. I'm sorry if it shows up again. <laughs> uh, another example from World's Fairs uh, are the midways that were shown in 1893's exposition as well. So the same exposition that had the Ferris wheel created a midway with rides, attractions, and food. And that is where later amusement parks got the idea to have a similarly built midway. Hmm. And if you're wondering, I have a few fun facts uh, related to the World's Fairs, the 1893 exposition with the Midway and the Ferris wheel, if you are a true crime enthusiast, is the same World's Fair uh, where Devil in the White City is based, which is a book that chronicles the activities of a serial killer um, in the Chicago area during that same time period that the exposition was being built. Oh, interesting. It's a really interesting book. I, I highly recommend it. They not only talk about him but the chapters sort of go back and forth between what that guy is doing and then what they're doing with the world's fair Hmm. at that time it's just really interesting another fun fact 
<clears throat> is that Walt Disney's father, Elias, worked as a carpenter on the construction of that exposition. Oh. And Walt's brother, Roy, was born during the fair. Interesting. But there is no other connection between that fair and uh, Disney World <laughs> or <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> Sorry. But one way in which that fair is directly connected to an amusement park is through two men. George Tillieu and Captain Paul Boyton, who both attended it and went on to do big things in New York. Tillieu was from a family that had a longstanding business on Coney Island, New York, going back to the bathing resorts of the mid-19th century. He tried and failed to buy the Ferris wheel from the 1893 exposition, and since he couldn't get it, he put up a sign that said, on this site will be erected the world's largest Ferris wheel. Oh, wow. He did create a Ferris wheel, but it wasn't the world's largest. <laughs> oh, okay. So, he oh, tried. Shucks. <laughs> but he did end up creating Steeplechase Park at Coney Island, which was one of the earliest amusement parks in America as we know them, like our modern conception of an amusement park. Captain Paul Boyton, another attendee of that exposition, went back to New York and in 1895 opened his own park, utilizing the midway structure borrowed from the exposition. Um, and this park was also at Coney Island in New York. So, of course, we need to talk about it because it is one of, if not the first, large-scale modern amusement parks in the United States. And in fact, many other parks adopted the names of the parks within Coney Island, such as Steeplechase, Luna, and Dreamland. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So it was the forerunner of a lot of other amusement parks, and its success inspired others. Coney Island started as a hotel and bathhouses. It later grew to add restaurants, casinos, racetracks, rides, and attractions. Within Coney Island are several amusement parks that are physically separated from the other attractions. However, it was not always a family-friendly place. It started to gain popularity during the Civil War era, but it was a place that largely held gamblers, con men, pickpockets, and prostitutes, mostly because it was just beyond the reach of city officials. Out, out of their jurisdiction, yes. I guess. Yeah. yeah. But as the demand for more reputable spots to vacation or become tourists at uh, became popular after the war, the first hotel opened on an area known as West Brighton, and that would become the Coney Island that we know today. The first amusement park that opened on Coney Island was Captain Paul Boyton's Sea Lion Park mm. in 1895. It is considered the first gated, sorry, gated amusement park in the United States, meaning that they charged admission for you to oh, enter. Because other parks, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, uh, were traditionally open parks where you only paid for the rides that you rode and not an admission just to get in. Sea hmm. Lion Park had 40 trained sea lions and a ride called Shoot the Shoots, a water ride with flat bottom boats that each carried a dozen riders who rode down a slide to a lagoon and then were bounced around and generally soaked. <laughs> <laughs> it also had a ride called Flip Flap, which they called, oh, I'm sorry, Wendy. It was called a centrifugal pleasure railway. Oh, <laughs> oh. Oh. Here we go again. Uh, 
which kind of sounds like a very small roller coaster to me that works on centrifugal forces. Um, it had four passenger cars that, or maybe just one car that completed a 25 foot loop. Oh, wow. It was a little problematic because people were being injured. Uh, they were getting whiplash. Makes sense. And this led to the safer ride, Loop the Loop, mm. which is similar to Flip Flap, but uses an ellipse instead of a perfect circle. Um, I don't know how this is better, but apparently it's better. And it's what roller coaster loops do today. They're more elliptical. Well, thank you to those people for figuring it out for yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for being the test yeah. dummies. Another ride at Sea Lion Park was Cages of Wild Wolves, <laughs> hmm. which is described as being an old mill ride. Uh, when I looked up old mill rides, they are just the rides where you sit in a boat and go through tunnels. Okay. So kind of like a love tunnel, but this wasn't a love tunnel because it was called Cages of Wild Wolves. <laughs> so did yeah. it actually have wild cages of wild wolves in it? That's a really good question. I didn't look it up for some reason. Okay. They probably had dogs and they kept them in the dark, so it just seemed yeah. like there were wolves or something. Maybe. <laughs> like that. None of that sounds fun to me. A second park at Coney Island opened in 1897. It was called Steeplechase Park. Admission was 25 cents. The park had a ride called the Intramural Bicycle Railway. It also had a corkscrew slide and a scenic railway. In 1903, Luna Park opened. It had turrets, spires, and minarets that were all lit up with electrical lights at night. And there are pictures of this. It just looks amazing. Even by today's standards, just seeing all those lights is so pretty. And this was 1903. Wow. I, to string up all those electric lights is just amazing. Admission to Luna Park was 10 cents. I don't know why it was cheaper. And I don't know if this was just for opening night or if this was how it was every day. But at least on opening night, you paid your 10 cents to women uh, standing in Roman chariots wearing evening dresses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and on opening night, they were so popular that they eventually ran out of change and just started letting people in for free. Oh, wow. So uh, the final of the original Coney Island parks was Dreamland, and it opened in 1904. Some of the attractions at Dreamland included a lagoon, a replica of Spain's Ghirardella Tower that they called Beacon Tower, and it was lit with 100,000 lights. I just don't feel like amusement parks are trying as hard anymore. <laughs> no. I know. They need to step it up. Well, it's like when we talked about automats, and they were so lavishly decorated, even though they were essentially just a vending machine restaurant type of a thing. Mm -hmm. We just don't have that sense of whimsy. Yeah, if they could do this back in this time, we should be able to do something great in 2023. I agree. So. Dreamland, by the way, also had a Grecian arena with a circus hosting polar bears, hyenas, tigers, leopards, and lions, hmm. whom I'm sure were treated very well. Mm, yeah, not a fan of all no. that. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan. Now, I've left out a lot of the attractions at these original parks uh, because some of them are unusual, and I want to use them for a little game. Oh, I'm going to describe a Coney Island attraction, and I want you two to tell me if you think it was real or not. Okay. 
A fake spaceship that takes you to a room with moon people. Yes. No. Yes. Ah. When Till you visited Buffalo's 1901 Pan American Exposition, he discovered and acquired a ride called A Trip to the Moon, where people boarded a spaceship and then saw projections through portholes, making it look like they'd gone on a space voyage while the ship moved and swayed. <laughs> Once they were on the moon, <laughs> the passengers were led off of the ship and into tunnels leading to the man on the moon who was seated on a throne and surrounded by dancing moon maidens. <laughs> All right. Something for everyone. Yes. Aww. Then they passed over a swaying bridge and returned to the park, which sounds kind of anticlimactic. Yeah. <laughs> what about a fake submarine? Uh, yes. 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 This was called 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. It was a submarine ride where people could see sea creatures, mermaids, and actual seals and polar bears. How about airplane rides? Oh, certainly. Mm, yes. No. Ah. Oh. What about a Venetian city with a canal? Yes. 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 This was at Luna Park, and it included uh, gondoliers who paddled the canal. Oh, wow. What about hot air balloons that flew you over New York City and back to Coney Island? No. Yes. No, but it oh. needs to be something. <laughs> How about an exposition of babies in incubators? Yes. Unfortunately, probably. Yeah, that one's too weird for me to make <laughs> up. This was called Dr. Corny's Baby Incubator. So you could go see babies, uh, I assume premature babies, in incubators and watch nurses care for them. I'm not, I don't know why I would want to see that. I agree. I've heard of this before, and I'm wanting to think there was something about the babies... And this was like almost like a fundraiser. Maybe. Uh, that I wish I could remember more details, but I'm pretty sure I've, I've heard hmm. this before. I don't need to see them. I'll just give them, I'll give my money. Just give them your yeah. money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, those babies must perform. Yeah, no, here's my money. I don't need to see it. How about villages from around the world? Yes. 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 There were German, Irish, Hindu and Eskimo villages, a Japanese garden, and a uh, Chinese theater, which I'm sure were depicted as culturally sensitively as we would want them. Oh, uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> they were probably just as bad as you imagine. Uh -huh. What about an otter theater? Yes. Uh, sure. Unfortunately, no. Oh. Well, maybe fortunately, because that meant they weren't torturing That's otters. True. That's true. Just yeah. every other animal. Yeah. Well, what about a monkey theater? Yes. 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 And I don't really have anything to add. It was just a monkey <laughs> theater. <laughs> Some oh. description. How about an actual building set on fire? Yes. No. Yes. Oh. This, I believe... It happened more than once. It was a attraction or performance, whatever you want to call it, called Fire and Flames, where firefighters battled a real fire in a four-story building while a rescue squad saved people on the upper floors. Again, not something I need to be a part of or see. I don't know. Uh, I think living in the early 1900s, a lot of things might be entertaining that we don't think of yeah. today as entertaining. We're just looking for something <laughs> to get our adrenaline going. Not that. <laughs> How about reenactments of World War I bombings? Uh, uh, I'm going to say yes. I hope not, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
This was called Aerial Night Attacks. Uh, mm-hmm. It happened in 1916, and it showed a German Zeppelin attacking a replica French village. Okay, 1916? The war's not even over yet. I know. Like, can we at least... <laughs> People had a hunger for the war. Can we, at least, can we at least end the thing before we start doing that? How about a tiny city? Yes. 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 This was called Lilliputia. It was a half-scale village inspired by 15th century Nuremberg, and it was inhabited by hundreds of people with dwarfism. Oh. oh. Yeah. I was thinking it was like a model. No. Like H.O. That's what I was thinking, too. Model, like. I would like to recant my last statement. We do not need to be like they were back then. <laughs> We do not need to step it up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Don't need to step it up yeah. in this way. Um, Lilliputia, by the way, was very detailed and peopled. It had a parliament, functioning businesses, and even a beach with a lifeguard. Oh, wow. I know. I mean, I'm kind of impressed, but it's also really horrible. It is horrible. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about a giant city? Yes. I'm going to say no. No. I don't no. know how you would find that many giants, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What about a ride that takes you to heaven? Uh, sure. Why not? No. Okay. <laughs> How about a ride that takes you to hell? Yes. Definitely. Yes. Because, <laughs> you know, people, they don't want to go to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> they want to go to hell. Uh, yeah, this was called Hellgate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was a ride that swirled a boat down a 50-foot whirlpool into a plasterwork recreation of Paris's Caverns of Hell. Ironically, while repairing the light ride late one night in 1911, the lights blew, which led to the accidental spilling of hot tar, which caught the ride on fire. Oh. Oh. The fire eventually consumed all of Dreamland. So Hellgate uh, burned of- Dreamland to the ground. Oh. Makes sense. Yeah, it does kind of make sense. It's sort of a poetic yeah. thing. Of course, we can't talk about amusement park attractions without talking about the most popular amusement park attraction. The roller coaster? Yes! <laughs> the roller, the scrambler. Yeah. <laughs> too soon, too soon. No, the roller coaster. Um, roller coasters have a long history. As I mentioned before, there were roller coaster like rides in Europe um, called Russian Mountains that were sort of because they were modeled after these ice slides that they had in Russia. And one of the ones that is closest to being what we think of as a roller coaster happened in the early 1800s in France, and it had a wooden track. It was like a wooden track type ride. The first American roller coaster, and we're really just calling it roller coaster on a technicality, was in 1827, Invented by Josiah White in Pennsylvania, and it used actual coal cars from a mine along an actual track. Oh, wow. After some adjustments, the mine car would climb 2,322 feet and then be released. That doesn't feel safe. Wow, that, yeah. (laughs) Man. The circuit for this ride was 18 miles. Oh, that's that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this became known as the Mock Chunk Summit Hill and Switchback Railway. We got to workshop yeah. that name. <laughs> that, that name needs a lot of work. We can shorten that. <laughs> it operated into the 1930s, by the way. Wow. Yeah. The term roller coaster, by the way, is said to have been coined in 1887 
in Haverhill, Massachusetts by Stephen E. Jackman and Byron B. Floyd, where they had riders who boarded a sled that was lifted and then released onto a track with rollers. So that's how they got along the track, I guess, is a little bit of gravity, and also the track was made of rollers. I think that, if I remember correctly, this was over an ice skating rink, like over the roof of it or over top of it. Huh. It's kind of strange. Yeah. However, the first authentic American roller coaster as we know it today was at, of course, Coney Island. Mm -hmm. This was in 1884. It was called Switchback Railway. It was 50 feet tall and went a whopping six miles per hour. Oh, boy. Oh. At that point in time, I wouldn't want to go any faster. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that'd be <laughs> I think plenty. That's fast enough. That is plenty fast. Of course, amusement parks are not just rides. They also have other attractions, one of which are Midways, which, as we mentioned earlier, came from uh, Chicago's World's Fair Exposition in, I believe, 1893. Some other names for a Midway include The Pike, Zone, Bowery, Pan, Warpath, Pastreak, and Gay Way. Mm. I like Zone. Let's go to the Zone. Very, it sounds very modern. It does sound modern. <laughs> Uh, They were, of course, taken from the Chicago Exposition, where the Midway was meant to separate amusement from the enlightening parts of the fair. (laughs) Because they had this vision that, like, the World's Fair should enlighten and educate people. Um, But then people really liked the purely entertaining aspects. So they had this Midway at the fair that separated the two. Hmm. I I like that idea because, honestly, when I think Midway, I think, here's some games to lose your money. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Well, you're right, because even though that was the way the World's Fair Midway was, amusement parks turned the Midway into a place for sideshows, penny arcades, games, souvenir kiosks, fun houses, small rides, and food stands. Some of the first arcades were mostly betting games. Uh, They also sometimes had strength testers, fortune tellers, pinball, which, uh, as we know from our episode on the earliest video games, pinball was also a sort of gambling game at Hmm. first. And the kinescope, which in most simple terms is a sort of prototypical television. Midway games, uh, the ones that were not arcade games, were often, as you might imagine, they were often fixed. Mm -hmm. This was known as gaffing. And, of course, the main reason you would gaff is to make money by defeating customers. So The house always wins. Yeah, they give you money, but they never win. However, sometimes they would gaff to let people win the games, and those people were plants in the general... uh, audience of the amusement park that I worded that really weirdly (laughs) Um, but they planted people who would play the games and they would gaff to let those people win so that others would see it and be like "Ooh, I'm gonna play that game I just saw that guy win Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there were also games known as every times the award every player every time but even these could be fixed to an extent uh, to get more money. For example, one of the big every time games was Fish Tank, where you caught a fish uh, and each fish had a number on it. So whatever fish you caught, the number on it would tell you what prizes you could choose from. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, again, not surprisingly, most of the fish had a number on them corresponding to the smallest, cheapest prizes. So it's kind of like the duck game today. It is. And the duck game is another every time game mm-hmm. that was popular in early days of Midways. Okay. Yeah. And I've played that too. I've played that many times. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Shooting galleries were also common and used cork guns, ping pong rifles, or had suction cup archery. Uh, balloon darts were also popular as a type of shooting game. Another was called Mow em Down, which was a game where you got to do 100 shots at a paper target with an air-operated Tommy gun. <laughs> the goal was to shoot the star out of a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And I've actually played this game. Camden Park, I don't know if they still have it, because apparently these types of games... Uh, have largely disappeared. But when I was a kid, Camden Park had the game with the Tommy gun, and I remember playing it and failing miserably. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that, Wendy? I do remember yeah. it, yes. I remember that game. I didn't play it, but I remember it. <laughs> Some of the games, by the way, had also had BB rifles that were connected to air compressors. Oh, yeah. Which I can imagine many reasons why these don't largely exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another popular game were dunk tanks. They started becoming popular during the 1920s, and instead of people, they often used pigs. Oh, oh. why? Why you gotta be that way? I yes. know. Isn't that cruel? Come on. How's find the, the pig local, gonna get back up on the platform? Find the I know. Person and put them up there. I know. The 20s was also a popular time for the high striker game, which is the uh, quintessential hit the take the mallet and uh, hit the target and see how far the metal piece goes up oh, to ring yeah. the bell. Yeah, you're trying to ring the bell with the mallet. Mm-hmm. Um, these were also followed by guess your weight, skee ball, and miniature golf, as well as games that they called gypsy operate. Well, not games, but attractions called gypsy operations where people cut out your silhouette, did a caricature of you, or told your fortune. Hmm. Midways were also places for food. And amusement parks were the sites of some food inventions that we find common at carnivals and amusement parks today. For example, in 1867, Coney Island says... They invented the hot dog. (laughs) I say that because this is hotly disputed. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows the drama behind hot dog history? (laughs) But Coney Island says that in 1867, there was a vendor named Charles Feltman who was looking for a way to offer hot sandwiches, and he thought that a hot sausage on a roll would be simple and take up little space. Mm. Supposedly, (laughs) (laughs) cotton candy was invented in 1897. And again, this is a little disputed too. Um, One thing is for sure that 1897 is accepted as the invention of cotton candy made from a machine. Mm -hmm. There were some earlier versions made other ways. This was actually invented by a dentist. That's fascinating, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. He won more customers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) His name was William Morrison. 
and he exhibited cotton candy at the 1904 World's Fair, calling it fairy floss. Oh, I like that better. Mm-hmm. I-, I can almost get behind the invention of cotton candy, but I feel like a hot dog, you mean for as many generations We didn't as... put meat on a bun. Yeah, yeah. like over, <laughs> you're, you're telling me over in Europe, I feel like Germany would have come up with that long before. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Seems statistically unlikely. Yeah, that's true. Uh, ice cream cones, by the way, were said to have been invented at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis. Pastry maker Ernest A. Homwe offered ice cream, uh, the ice cream stand his rolled wafers when they ran out of dishes. Oh, that's neat. Um, like the other claims, this is also contested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, of course, the most popular fair food of all... Uh, Popcorn? I don't know. Funnel cakes? Funnel Cla- cakes. Clams. No. <laughs> no. No, you try again. No. <laughs> Clams were very popular, especially during the late 19th century. Uh, you would douse them in butter and eat them that way, or no, you could get them in clam chowder. That sounds uh, great right dear, before a roller coaster. Dear marketing coaster. people or whoever's <laughs> in charge of Cedar Point and Kings Island and all that, please don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't. Uh, well, fun fact if you went to Tilly's Surf House on Coney Island, you could get a bowl of clam chowder for free when you rented your bathing suit for a quarter. Oh, well. Well, I will not be doing no, that. No, no, thank you. You don't want to have a nice day at the beach with a bowl of clam chowder. Negative. <laughs> uh, your loss. <laughs> well, just like the clams, other things were not fun and games either. Early amusement parks presented some real-life perils and some other not-so-fun experiences. We've already touched on a few, like the miniature village or the dunk takes with pigs, but it gets worse, I'm afraid to say. How can it get worse? Well, Coney Island's Rough Riders roller coaster killed seven people between 1910 and 1915. Wow. In one incident, the coaster sent 16 people airborne and four of them died. In the other incident, the coaster jumped the track and killed three people. One woman survived by holding a rail with one hand and her child with the other. Oh, that's awful. Mother of the year. Yes. Another not-so-fun fact about Coney Island is that one source estimates that riders of Coney Island's flip-flap, which, by the way, uh, as a reminder, was the looped coaster, that they experienced a G-force of 12. Wow. wow. To put that uh, in perspective for people who aren't familiar with G-forces, which I would think is most people, fighter pilots experience a G-force of seven. Yeah, I was going to say, they. I don't think they usually go double digits. Because that's like you lose consciousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that thing I've seen online called the suicide coaster. Yeah, it's like concentric perfect circles. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Wow. But that's, I'm pretty sure that's not what they were going for. Mm-mm. But yeah, G-Force of 12. Another not-so-great thing, and this is um, something that happened, I don't know if it happened at multiple uh, areas or just one place, but it happened during the 20s. There was a ride that required people to exit by walking across something called Blowhole Theater, where wind was blown up through the boardwalk to lift women's uh, dresses. Oh, my. There were seats, so you could sit and watch. 
And according to the amusement park by Stephen Silverman, riders were then, quote, accosted by aggressive small men dressed as clowns or else tall black men in blackface makeup. These greeters were armed with electrically charged pokers, empowering them to zap the hapless fellows in their most sensitive places. I don't know what to say about that. I was wondering if the air jets were going to like shoot like a little kid into the air or something like that. No, not quite that strong, just to lift women's dresses. Hmm. I don't know how they would think that was a good idea. You're speechless. Yeah. <laughs> people like this, and people must have known that this is what happened because... It was blowhole theater. There were seats so you could watch yeah. the people coming off the ride. So you knew this was going to happen to you. I don't know why you're sitting around a conference table and you're like, here's an idea. And they're like, yes. I don't know why you would say that's Let's a good idea. Let's run with that. That's, yeah. that's a great job, Jenkins. Great idea. No. Well, it gets worse. Old amusement parks sometimes had a game called the African Dodger, where people threw baseballs oh. at black people as they tried to move their heads out of the way. Oh. This attraction, by the way, lasted into the 60s. Oh. That's awful. Yes. That should not have, no. Also awful uh, was an event that several parks had during the early 1900s where a horse was forced to dive from a 40-foot high platform into a tank of water. This lasted (sighs) until the 70s. Awful. Mm Mm-hmm. And the worst of all is Coney Island's Luna Park, which had an elephant named Topsy. Topsy killed a man after he burned her trunk with a cigar. Mm. And she was executed for this. She was fed poisoned carrots and electrocuted in front of a crowd of over a thousand people. I wouldn't have made it back in this time period. No. By the way, this execution was also filmed... And they originally wanted to hang her, but the ASPCA protested. So this was apparently the better option, the more humane option. Definitely well, not, not to get too morbid here, but show me the structure you could build to hang an elephant. That is like, true. I just mean, from practical. Just practical. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's true. And nothing happened to the man that caused all this? No, no. Of course not. Of course not. Maybe he was forever cursed in some spiritual way. In my mind, I'm going to hope that. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) To cleanse your palates, I have some fun facts. Okay. (laughs) I I need them. Because those were big downers. Yes. Okay, so here are some fun facts. Um, Most parks, when they originally opened, were called ride parks, which meant that you didn't have to pay to get in. You only paid for the rides that you rode or the games that you played, so on and so forth. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of these actually still exist today, um, but there have been problems. For example, I am going to say this wrong. It's C-O-N-N-E-A-U-T. Cannot, I'm going to say, Cannot Lake Park and Dorney Park, both in Pennsylvania, had public roads that ran through their centers. (laughs) Um, And so when they became uh, a park that charged admission, they had to figure out a way to, like, close off those roads, which Mm -hmm. I'm sure hindered travel and traffic. Another example is in the 1960s, Knott's Berry Farm was uh, a ride park. You could get in it for free, but they noticed that having open admission made them a gathering place for hippies, um, which I guess contributed to them becoming a gated or admission Mm -hmm. charging park. 
Another fun fact about amusement parks, Disneyland is home to feral kitties who help it with pest control. This began when a colony of cats started living in Sleeping Beauty's castle in the 50s. I know. (laughs) Minnesota has a park called Drive a Tank, and that's what you do at that park. (laughs) I want to go here. (laughs) Yeah. Disney World is the second largest buyer of explosives in, explosives in the U.S. It's estimated that they spend forty-five to $50,000 per fireworks show. Don't they do wow. one every night? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Uh, the biggest buyer of explosives in the U.S., by the way, is the government. Yeah. Cedar Point donates lost change to charity. It averages $2,000 a year. Oh, that's good. The most expensive roller coaster ever built is Disney World's Everest Expedition, which cost $100 million to build and has a small-scale recreation of Mount Everest. Oh, wow. Doritos were invented at Disneyland in the 60s as a way to use up leftover tortillas. Oh. Nice. (laughs) Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean ride contains an actual human skull. Yeah, I knew this one. I didn't know that. That's yeah. living the dream. I don't know who it is, <laughs> yeah. but they're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm wanting to think like they couldn't get facsimile, uh-huh. and they were able to get their hands on the real thing, and so that's what they put hmm. up there. I want to have my skull somewhere like that. That'd be super fun. And then when I ride that ride, I'll be like, that's my friend Ashley over yeah, there. Yeah, there's Ashley. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Dig This Vegas is an amusement park that allows you to use bulldozers and excavation equipment. I want to go there, too. I, I'll try. Yeah, I'll try that. I yeah. want to do the tank one. I really want to go to the tank one. <laughs> yes. Well, following the success of Coney Island, uh, how did the rest of the century go? Other amusement parks were inspired. And they sprang up primarily on the east and western coasts because shores were already popular tourist destinations at that time. However, eventually parks sprang up inland, and today there are... Well, how, how many amusement parks do you think there are in the U.S. today? Oh, gosh. Mm. Like, uh, I, are we counting like even something like Camden Park as an amusement park? I don't know. I would assume so. I would, I would say yes. I would, I would almost say over a 1,000. Oh, I was going to say 10,000. Uh, wow, you guys are really optimistic. There are 620 amusement oh. parks. Oh, okay. <laughs> but when you think about it, that is a, about 12 per state. Okay. And well, some yeah. states are pretty small. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's not evenly 12 per state, but that's, you know, the average. So that'd be crazy. That is crazy. Uh, I have a little bit of a guessing game for you to end okay. this uh, episode. Attendance figures from the Themed Entertainment Association, uh, based on 2021 attendance, has ranked uh, the largest amusement parks in the U.S. So I would like you to guess what the most attended amusement parks in the U.S. are. What do you think is the most attended? Number one. One of the Disney ones. Yeah, I would have to say one of the Disney ones. Walt Disney World in Florida is the most attended theme park in the United States. So would it be Disneyland? Disneyland makes the list. Bush Gardens? Yep. Um, Kings Island? Yep. Six Flags? Uh, well, there are a lot of Six Flags. Oh, okay. Cedar Point? Yes. Uh, 
Mm. Here, I'll just read you the list. Okay. How about <laughs> I just read you the list? Because <laughs> I'm running out of okay. ideas. Number 10 is Six Flags Magic Mountain in California, and it is the only Six Flags location in the top 10. Number 9 is SeaWorld Orlando in Florida. Oh. Number 8 is Kings Island in Ohio. 7, Bush Gardens Tampa Bay in Florida. 6, Cedar Point in Ohio. 5, Knott's Berry Farm in California. Four, Universal Studios Hollywood in California. Number three, Disneyland Park in California. Number two, Universal Orlando Resort in Florida. And as I said previously, number one is Walt Disney World Resort in Florida. Hmm. What about the park with the most roller coasters? Is that Cedar Point? Cedar Point is up there, but it is not number one. Huh. Um... Hmm, that's a tough one. Kings Island? Uh, Kings Island makes the list as well, but it's not number one. Uh, number eight, I don't have a top ten for this because there were a lot of ties, so I just started with number eight. Number eight is Six Flags Over Texas, which has 14 roller coasters. Tied is, so I'm just going to say it's number seven, but it's tied, are also Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, Six Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey, Kings Island in Ohio, and Carol Winds in North Carolina, which all also have 14 roller coasters. Six Flags Great American in Illinois has 15. Cedar Point in Ohio has 16. Uh. And number one is Six Flags Magic Mountain in California that has 20 roller coasters. Oh, I, I swear at one time Cedar Point had that record. They uh, advertise themselves as like the roller coaster capital or something like that. They're oh. really big on I, coasters. They had the highest one for a little bit of time because mm-hmm. we rode that one. Yeah, I remember that one. Uh, I can't remember. Was that Millennium Force? Uh, Millennium Force, yeah. Used to be the tallest, yeah. yeah. So my mom will show me a place. Um, I spend a lot of time in Portsmouth and New Boston. I was born in Portsmouth. She'll show me a place in New Boston called Millbrook Park. Mm. It used to have an amusement park. I think it was back in 1902 it was finished, Um, but it was in the 1900s, uh, early 1900s. It was Millbrook Park. It had a Ferris wheel. I want to say it had a roller coaster. Wow. It had a casino, a ballpark. It had all sorts of different things. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And it's it's cool and, and you know hard to imagine that something like that was so close. You I know, know to where yeah. I grew up. But yeah, we'll go by there and she'll be like, "Oh, that was Millbrook Park, and it had this and this and this." But if you go and look at the murals on the the flood wall, they have all these beautiful murals painted mm-hmm. in Portsmouth, and you can see the one of Millbrook Park where it shows what all they okay, had. Okay, cool. And it's pretty neat that they used to had that have that there at one point in time that. To think that, wow, we actually had something like yeah, that. Yeah, in such a, uh, I don't know. Off the out of, path. Yeah, off yeah. the beaten path <laughs> kind of a place. That's a nice way yeah. <laughs> to so. say it. Well, for Millbrook Park and all the other ones, uh, just remember we have Europe to thank. Oh, yes. Because what we go to today are really just glorified pleasure gardens, Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's all for us today. Thank you for listening. Hypnotic History is researched by me, Ashley Skidmore, with music and technical wizardry by the statuesque Andrew Logan Skidmore. 
Follow us on Instagram by searching for hypnotic.history or by clicking the link in the episode description. Until next week, listeners, peace and love.